So welcome to Regenerative Medicine today. This is John Murphy. It's my pleasure to welcome to this podcast Dr. Speeda Banerjee. Dr. Banerjee is an associate professor in the Department of Chemical Engineering at the University of Pittsburgh. Dr. Banerjee, welcome to Regenerative Medicine today. Thank you very much, John, for having me here. So I know you have a variety of interests, but one of, I think, your primary interests relates to techniques to control and treat diabetes. Can you give us a little bit of background in terms of where you are and where you're headed? So for the last few years, we have been working on embryonic stem cells and pluripotent stem cells. And that is primarily the technique we're using for cell therapy of diabetes. So the idea there is to differentiate these embryonic and pluripotent stem cells into cells which can produce insulin, which when a diabetic patient is treated with these cells, then the cells will produce insulin in response to the blood glucose level, and that would be the treatment for the disease. So instead of daily insulin injection and glucose monitoring, the idea would be the implanted cells themselves would be able to treat the patient. That is what the holy grail is for cell therapy for diabetes, and that's what we have been looking at for the past several years now. Let me step back for just a moment, make sure all our listeners understand. What is an induced pluripotent stem cell? So an induced pluripotent stem cell is cells which are derived from adult cells, and these have been reprogrammed, so they behave like embryonic stem cells. And embryonic stem cells, uh, just for a quick introduction, are cells which can propagate, which can give rise to millions of cells, and each cell would have the capacity to give rise to any organ in the body. So essentially, pluripotent stem cells are not embryo-derived. They're derived from adult cells, but they can be reprogrammed to behave like embryonic stem cells. And they can be reprogrammed to become a functional liver or pancreas or any other cell type in the body. So where do you propose to put these stem cells in the body to perform the function you want? Depending on what disease you're treating, it can be placed in the relevant organ location. For diabetes therapy, we will derive the insulin-producing islet cells from these cells. Currently, what is in clinical trial is they are putting these cells subcutaneously under the skin to treat diabetes. Had it been a liver cell, it can be used in place of a liver for transplantation. So it depends on which organ is being replaced by these cells. So in the case of diabetes, this would be placed in the pancreas? Typically it is not placed in the pancreas unless it's a whole pancreas transplantation. What happens right now, say for islet transplantation, when donor islet is being transplanted to treat diabetes, they are placed in the liver actually. So for a stem cell-derived islets, also it can be placed in the liver. But these cells, for clinical trial right now, the FDA approval is to put it in a device and implant it. These pluripotent stem cell-derived cells or islets cannot be directly injected into the body. And hence, it cannot directly be injected in the liver as a donor islet is typically injected for islet transplantation. So what happens now is these are 
put into a device and then implanted under the skin. So you say that you would inject these cells under the skin in some type of a device. What's the nature of the device? The idea behind the device, what has been approved by FDA is it will protect the cells from integrating with the body. So the idea behind the device is it needs to be a retrievable device. So any device which can be easily retrieved and which prevents the cells from integrating with the body. What it can be is a semi-permeable device which allows diffusion of blood glucose and insulin into and out of the material but it prevents immune cells from infiltrating and it prevents the cells from leaving the device. So it's more a semi-permeable device for retaining the cells within a specific location and that a device which can be easily retrieved if anything goes wrong with the cells. How big is it? That would be dictated primarily by the cell number. What is in clinical trial pretty much looks like a band-aid right now. Dr. Banerjee, what's the state of the art relative to these emerging technologies? The state of art with pluripotent stem cells being used for diabetes therapy is right now there is some idea of how to get the cells into functional insulin-producing cells in vitro. And along with those, there is currently a clinical trial by Viasite, which is a California-based company, to implant these cells within this device and treat diabetes, treat diabetic patients. So the idea behind the clinical trial, the products are really twofold. One is the cells. These are pancreatic progenitor cells, which can differentiate into functional cells after implantation in vivo. The second part of the device of the product, which is in clinical trial, is this device which retains the cells within this device, which separates it from the integration. So the state of art really is to encapsulate these cells into this device and implant it. The nature of the cells can be a pancreatic progenitor cells, which hasn't completely differentiated, or it can be a fully differentiated functional cell type, which is encapsulated and implanted into a diabetic patient. So the clinical trial has started recently. We'll have to see how that progresses, but the future certainly looks very promising with these pluripotent stem cells to treat diabetes. I have to assume there were preclinical trials that looked very positive before they chose to move to a clinical trial. Absolutely. The preclinical trials look positive. Much of those were with progenitor cells. And with respect to that, even there has been a lot of progress where it is now possible to differentiate it beyond the progenitor stage and into completely functional insulin-producing cells in vitro. So now the cells can be pushed a little bit further before implanting it. So suddenly things are progressing rapidly and it is looking promising as a viable therapy. So assuming this matures to the point that it's feasible to do on a regular basis, how will the device have to be replaced or recharged? Ideally, if these cells are functional and viable, and viability would depend a lot on how well it gets vascularized. If the cells are viable and functional, 
it would not really need to be recharged once it has been implanted. But what has been shown, even with eyelid transplantation, after three to five years, even the donor eyelids, they are not functioning and their viability goes down. So every three to five years, there may be a need for eyelid transplantation. So going by that, there may be a need for re-implantation of the device in every three to five years. But those are really outstanding questions which we would have a much better idea once the clinical trial progresses. But those are critical points we need to understand for this treatment option to be viable. Again, if this is successful, the diabetic patient would not have to be on any insulin at all? If this is successful, then for more severe diabetes, the idea would be to remove the insulin dependence completely from diabetic patients, yes. Fantastic. Dr. Banerjee, this is very exciting what you described, but I know you have some work in your lab that is complementary to this. Can you share with us that activity, please? Yes, absolutely. What we are doing in our lab is all relevant to this clinical translation of pluripotent stem cell into the clinic. So few points which are required now that pluripotent stem cells are moving more into the clinic. One is the scalable culture of uh, pluripotent stem cells since treating each of the patients would really require billions of cells, which is not feasible by current culture matrix, which is very much lab scale. So one thing which we are looking at is called biomanufacturing of pluripotent stem cells, where we are targeting mass production of stem cells in a very controlled way. So there will be a more streamlined and controlled production of pluripotent stem cells, which can then be differentiated into not only pancreatic beta cells, but any other cell type for treatment of degenerative diseases. So one thing we are looking at is this controlled mass production of pluripotent stem cells for cell therapy of degenerative disease. The other aspect of our research, which is more specific to diabetes therapy, is growing this eyelid organoids from pluripotent stem cells, which means that we will produce three-dimensional eyelids which are completely vascularized, which can be implanted for diabetes therapy. So it is taking the field a step further and closer to pancreatic eyelid physiology and getting the multiple cell types and the three-dimensional configuration which the organ has along with the dense intra-eyelid vascular network which pancreatic eyelids has, which is very critical for eyelid function. We are trying to reproduce the eyelid physiology in vitro. So what we are implanting into the patient would be much closer to the eyelid physiology. So these two aspects we are primarily focusing on in our lab right now. Dr. Berenji, in terms of the strategy you shared with us, is there any reason you have to protect the cells that are involved? Immune protection is really an important component of for cell therapy of diabetes, even with implantation of donor islets. And the idea behind that is within a semi-permeable hydrogel capsule, which 
protects the cells from the immune system but still allows the diffusion of glucose and insulin and that is also the concept behind this retrievable device for implantation while that works fairly well with in immune protecting the eyelids the disadvantage of that is it prevents adequate oxygen transport often and eyelids have a very heavy oxygen demand alternately what can be done is have the diabetic patient under immune suppression drugs as with any other transplantation while allowing vascularization of the eyelids and that would ensure a higher function of the eyelids by getting these eyelids heavily vascularized as well as ensuring high viability of the eyelids so what we are targeting we have contributed to both of these efforts in immune isolating the stem cell derived eyelids as well as getting them vascularized and what our thoughts are as well and we distinctly see this that once we get the stem cell derived eyelids vascularized their viability improves their functionality also improves significantly there are pros and cons to both but the current stress looks like having the patient under immune suppression while ensuring that the implanted eyelids have high viability and function. If you could produce iPS cells from the patient that you are going to treat, there would be no immunosuppression issues, is that correct? That is the basic hypothesis behind deriving pluripotent stem cells that there would not be any immune rejection. However, diseases like diabetes is an immune disorder, so the immune system tries to kill the patient's own beta cells so it itself is a immune disorder hence even if it is a patient derived beta cell chances are that the patient's immune system has not yet been restored and it will try to kill the patient's cell derived beta cell as well so there needs to be immune suppression even if it is ips derived islet specifically for diabetes but for other degenerative diseases where patient derived pluripotent stem cells giving rise to specific organs would not require immune suppression Dr. Bayerji can you give a brief synopsis of the clinical work that's underway by the private sector in terms of this technique So what is exciting about diabetes is already there is an existing clinical trial for cell therapy treatment for diabetes. So this company Viasite in California, they are in the process of conducting the clinical trial with pluripotent stem cells and their technology is to differentiate the pluripotent stem cells into a progenitor stage and not a completely functional beta cells. And these progenitor cells are then implanted into a device which is then implanted subcutaneously. The idea is that this device can be retrieved at any point if and when needed so the cells will not completely integrate with the body and this device will restore blood glucose level in a diabetic patient. The clinical trial is ongoing and it's still in an early stage but as and when it progresses we will have a much better idea about the efficiency of stem cell derived islets in treating diabetes. So Dr. Bayerji, is this technology that you're pursuing 
Is it potentially applicable to treat other organ problems? Yes, most certainly it can treat any other degenerative diseases. Like there is a lot of work on liver replacement. There is a lot of advancement with cardiac therapy using pluripotent stem cells. There is very good results with kidney, differentiating the pluripotent stem cells into kidney, into lungs. There is a lot of promising differentiation. Even brain looks very promising. Differentiating into optical cells looks promising. And currently the trend is more towards organoid culture from pluripotent stem cells where the idea is to reconstruct the entire three-dimensional multi-component tissue architecture and the tissue composition for different organs. And for that, we are seeing rapid progress with brain, with eye, with liver, kidney, as well as stomach and intestine. So there is really numerous application and numerous degenerative diseases which can be treated with pluripotent stem cells. That's very encouraging. So I understand that congratulations are in order. I believe you just received notice of the National Science Foundation grant that you and some of your colleagues are going to pursue a 3D vascularized eyelid organoid to be produced from pluripotent stem cells. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yes, thank you very much, John. We are very excited with that award. The idea behind that is exactly what I mentioned about the organoids that are being generated for other organs like liver and brain and eye which hasn't yet been done with the pancreatic eyelids. And what we are proposing there is to generate the three-dimensional structure of pancreatic eyelids and get them highly vascularized in a completely in vitro setting. So what we are implanting is not just the beta cells, but the beta cells which is already vascularized. And the idea would be with the rapid vascularization, there would be enhanced viability of the cells and there will be higher functionality of the implanted eyelids. So there are quite a few engineering components that we have to bring together in order to culture the cells in three dimension as well as to integrate it with the vasculature. So what we are doing for that project is we have designed a specific hydrogel in collaboration with Arizona State University. So our collaborator, Kaushal Rege, he has designed a specific hydrogel which allows cells seeded on top of the hydrogel to come together and form a perfect spheroid on top of the hydrogel which can be either cultured there or can be easily retrieved and cultured in a bioreactor. And using that hydrogel, we are also integrating the stem cell-derived pancreatic beta cells or beta-like cells, integrating them with vasculature. And how we do that is a little bit different than what happens commonly in the field of tissue engineering. What we do is our collaborator Jay Hoeing from University of Louisville, they have the technique to isolate what they call microvessel fragments from adipose tissue. So these are not the entire blood vessel, but small chunks of the vessel, which when cultured in vitro can give rise to a neovascular network. So what we are doing is these microvascular fragments, we are integrating it with pluripotent stem cell derived islet-like cell clusters. 
So we form the spheroid with the beta cells and the microvessel fragments dispersed into the spheroid and we culture it in special conditions in vitro, in which case they form the complete intra-islet vascular network in vitro, which can then be implanted and when implanted it rapidly inosculates with the host vessel and it's viable and functional as well. So that is the main idea behind this grant where we are proposing to get these islets prevascularized and implanted into models for treatment of diabetes. Dr. Banerjee, thank you for joining us today and sharing the results and the direction of your research in this important area. We wish you and your colleagues well. We thank our listeners for joining us. We remind our listeners that you can reach us at mail at regenerativemedicinetoday.com. And until we meet again, I'd like to thank the McGowan Institute for sponsoring this podcast series and have a good day.